Hey friends, Daniel Schreiner here with another Disciple Henson episode for you. We have Dr. Todd Miles today on the show to talk about the resurrection. I know we are on the other side of Easter, but he is risen. He is risen indeed. Should make us so happy that we talk about it all the time. So that's what I wanted to do with Todd. I could think of almost no better person to talk about this subject matter than with Todd. I hope you find this episode helpful before we get into the episode with Todd. I just want to give you a heads up that next week, God willing, we plan to have Liz Moody on the podcast to talk about OCD and religious scrupulosity. So be looking forward to that. I hope you find that episode and this episode helpful and encouraging. Enjoy. Todd Miles, welcome to the Disciple Henson podcast. Welcome back. It's good to be here Uh, again. Everybody is wanting to know, Todd, um, how did you enjoy, what was it like for you to see the Beavs make such a great run to the Elite Eight? Yeah, it it had been a long time. It had been a long time. I went to Oregon State because of Oregon State basketball. No kidding. But this was back in the 80s. Yeah, when when they were like really good. Um, The AC Green, Lester Connor, Steve Johnson, early 80s, all through the late 80s with Gary Payton. Yeah. Well, the, AC Green, wasn't that the last time that they were in the tournament, period? No. Um, oh. It, w- no, they were there all through the 80s. They just flamed out in the first round. In the first Sometimes round. Sometimes mystifyingly. Myst- I mean, just it, like Peyton's senior year was a disaster that left our all a, a last second and one that went the length of the floor in like a second and a half or something. So it, it yeah, it <laughs> just... Um, it, it's been a long time since I'd seen a Beaver victory. My freshman year in high school okay. was AC Green's freshman year in college, and that's the last time they won a game in the tournament. Wow. Okay. Okay. I gotcha. A uh, little fun connection um, that as you were talking about being a freshman in high school and AC mm-hmm. Green being the first Bible study that I ever led in my life was in middle school on my on my middle school basketball team me and a friend used AC Green's uh, book nice as a bible study for the team and and I that's a that's a, that's a huge reason why I actually went to Oregon State I I I loved AC Green really yeah huh yeah. I didn't know this about you yeah. this is fun yeah. well we could talk about the beavers and people can talk to you about the beavers anytime you're, you're available I am. to talk about the beaver basketball but we want to talk about the resurrection today does that sound okay yeah, I guess I guess that's I, I, I guess that's an okay alternative to Beaver basketball. Did you have a good Easter, Todd? Yeah, we're recording we recording this post Easter. Yes, but uh, we do like to celebrate and remember the resurrection all the time as Christians, mm-hmm. p- particularly every Sunday. Yeah. Did uh, Did you do anything special to celebrate Easter as a kid? Oh, you, you know, my family did the the Easter egg hunt and Easter baskets, so so we always had presents, big presents on Easter morning. So, so that was always exciting. A it, chocolate bunny. You know, it was more than that. It, it was usually yeah. kind of like, almost like a Christmas present. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So, so something of great substance and, and plus something to wear. So there's always something fun and something to wear. Interesting. Yeah. You just raised the bar. I hope my kids don't listen to this. <laughs> um, hey, so let's, uh, let's just get dive right into the resurrection. I didn't have a nice transition there. Maybe we'll add one in later. Is there very much biblical evidence for Christ's resurrection? 
I think it's testified to throughout the entire Bible. So the answer would be yes to okay. that, right? Okay. So give us some samples. Sure. Uh, well, we, we have predictions uh, throughout the Old Testament, things like uh, that, that the Holy One of God will not see decay. Um, and, and of course, those are quoted in the New Testament, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the gospel presentations, uh, which at least three of the gospels have a very strong resurrection narrative to mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. like what Jesus did, mm-hmm. uh, along with proofs of of the resurrection, you know, like he eats fish or something like that, because we all know ghosts can't eat fish, right? Right. Yeah, I've the, never met a ghost who eats fish. Yeah, yeah. And so when Jesus says, it, it, give me something to eat, and he eats some fish, we go, we're, we're supposed to go, oh, it's not a ghost. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally joking, but but yeah. but I'm not entirely joking, right? Yeah. That, that's... That's a, a but, proof of his being an, a, an actual resurrected human being. Right. I trust that's why that detail's in there. Yeah. 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 I, I'm not sure about the ghost not eating fish part, but it, it <laughs> but it does make me laugh. It does it does make me laugh every time I read it. It's like, yeah. Yeah. And, and and then the apostolic witness afterwards gives testimony to an authentic, real resurrection. And of course, resurrection means uh, some someone, something that was dead. Uh, is now alive, materially, bodily. Yeah, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. just literally what the term means. I didn't put this. Uh, you saying it like that um, just made me think of your former life, engineer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're a scientific fella. You went to Oregon State. I did. Did you ever have um, kind of uh, skepticism regarding the resurrection? Me myself? Yes. You no. personally? No, I really haven't. Huh? No, I never did. Okay. Yeah. What do you attribute that to? Uh. Holy Spirit? Yes, I have to say that, right? <laughs> Good. Yeah. Uh, uh, no. What did the Holy Spirit use? Uh, probably just a really good church experience growing up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I, I, I never, I never ever doubted the gospel. Hmm. Um, that that doesn't mean that I haven't checked into it, and mm-hmm. you know, but 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 I never, I, I never went through periods where like I just don't think this is true. I, I went through periods of I don't think I'm saved, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. my my concern over being saved was contingent on the gospel being true. Right. 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 Yeah. So I, no, I, I, I never really did. Now I've, I'm fascinated by the apologetic aspect of, uh, of the gospel. You've taught apologetics even here at Henson. Yeah. 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 And, and so I, I think I've, I think I've done my homework on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but all that has done is just to reinforce the, the, the truth of the resurrection. I think it's, it, it's, it's one of one of, if not the most remarkable thing attested to the most in, in human history. Yeah. 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 Well, when you say that too, uh, what about evidence for um, the resurrection outside the Bible? Do we have much evidence? Well, uh, so there's there's plenty of testimony that people said that Jesus got up from the dead. Uh, right, mm-hmm. and so there's all sorts of that from the first century on. Uh, mm-hmm. That that now might have been skeptical, mm-hmm. but but there's no doubt about what the early church believed. Mm-hmm. The early church believed that Jesus got up from the dead, mm-hmm. and and that's kind of what made them Christians. Yeah. Um, so there's no doubt that there was testimony that Jesus got up from the dead. I, I, I'm not sure how much actual like eyewitness testimony there is outside of the Bible. For the resurrection of Jesus, I think there's, yeah, um, I think most of it is more the second hand, you know, like with 
say, like someone like a Josephus or something like that, who's, mm-hmm. who's saying, you know, this is what Christians believe. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I, I think there's lots of secondary evidence, and, and like I would call that secondary evidence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also, and, and I know you weren't inferring this, but but there's plenty of 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 evidence just in the Bible itself, and, and we ought not to poo-poo that. that that's, that's historical documentation. Mm-hmm. It also happens to be the, the part of the book that we love and that God works powerfully through. But from just an objective standpoint, it is a first century, or it's full of first century documents that give eyewitness testimony to the reality of the resurrection. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and we shouldn't just discount it because it's part of our holy book. Yeah. Um, and, and there's lots of ev- other evidence, like um, there's no denying the changed lives. There's no denying the the incredible uh, unified voice with which the early church spoke on the resurrection. And I don't know of too many other great conspiracies or frauds that don't fall apart really quickly. If Jesus didn't get didn't actually get up from the dead, then this is the greatest hoax in the history of the world. Um, on a level, it would almost take as much divine intervention to perpetra- perpetrate that hoax as it would to get Jesus, raise Jesus from the dead himself. All yeah. right, yeah. Uh, because because hoaxes are pretty easily debunked a- after a while, and right. and they fall apart because people are bad liars. Yeah. I'm now now we're really going off script here, but I do think that uh, my fault. But um, it is an interesting thing to think about within the context of uh, the ubiquitousness. Is that a word? It is now ubiquityness. Yeah. <laughs> of conspiracy theories, how how uh, how prone we are today to mm-hmm. believe conspiracy theories, um, to then think about. Um, the apologetic side of the resurrection, um, I do. I, I do think that the the argument that you just gave, uh, kind of apologetically for the, for the resurrection, has been the one that has been helpful to me. Even though I, like you, I think have never really doubted the truth of it, but I do. I've used that argument before. You know, the endurance kind of of Christianity, or like if the you know the authorities of the day could have dragged out the body, mm-hmm. um, or they could have, or the, one of the disciples would have cracked. You know, yeah, okay, yeah. we made it up. Fine, please yeah. don't. You know, please don't crucify me upside down. Yeah, which there was plenty of that. Lots of it. Um, is there any any uh, anything else that you might point uh, a believer? who is thinking, you know, maybe this all was a hoax. Maybe this was a, the, one of the biggest hoaxes and conspiracies in human history that a bunch, a ragtag group of disciples got the eventually the world to believe, or not the world, but, a, mm-hmm. a, 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 you know, Fair a enough. group of people to believe that, um, that Jesus got up from the dead. What, how would you, where would you point that uh, struggling soul? Well, I would point to their own confession or to your confession or to my confession, mm-hmm. right? Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> here, here we are. Um, I, I'm teaching a church history class right now, and we're going from Pentecost all the way to the present time. Sweet. And, um, and, and it's, studying church history at times can be a bit discouraging, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's just all this nonsense that, that goes on. Um, and, and one of the students in there expressed, it's like, this is so f- discouraging and so frustrating. And I said, and yet here you are. 
Hmm. Right, two thousand mm-hmm. years later, mm-hmm. you believed the gospel. Mm-hmm. Well, why is that? Mm-hmm. Someone must have their hand on the wheel. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone bigger and stronger than you or me. That's good. Um, yeah. So I, I, I would point to other believers as proof that Jesus got up from the dead. Yeah. Uh, proof. Uh, look. I mean, not that we look to ourselves as as like the final authority on things, but our own testimony. I think is 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 just one more evidence that that Jesus got up from the dead. Because mm-hmm. if he didn't get up from the dead, then then what on earth are we doing? Hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, one, I love the intellectual honesty of Christianity, where uh, the, the Christianity and the Bible comes with its own criteria for falsification, right? What do you mean by that? Meaning that, uh, okay, so, so let's just say that Christianity is a theory to be checked out. Right, which until people actually believe the gospel, I suppose it is a theory to be checked out. Well, the handy thing about it is that the Bible provides a criteria, criterion for falsifying Christianity. Prove Jesus didn't get up from the dead. And because if he didn't get up from the dead, then Christianity's false by its own standards, right. by its own admission. Yeah. But if Jesus did get up from the dead, you might want to listen to him, yeah, right? Yeah. You, you might want to pay close attention to this. Yeah. And and so, you know, we're not nuancing between like shades of gray here. It's either totally false or Jesus is the Lord. Amen. And 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 you ought to obey him. Right, right. That that just makes me think of C.S. Lewis's framework, lunatic, liar, or Lord. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, good. All right, we're going to take a hard right turn here. Someone in youth group recently asked where Christ was between his death and resurrection. How would you answer that question? Paradise. Paradise. He was with. He was in the garden of God, so to speak. I, I think that's where that term paradise comes from. Um, he was with God. Yeah, and he, I mean, he said as much to the thief on the cross uh, today. That, that, that's, that's, why, that's, that's where I got away. that. That's yeah. where he got it. Yeah, that's where I got it. Um, okay, so... But Jesus got up from the dead, so I should listen to him, right? Yes, yeah, so. <laughs> yes, good. Good answer. So who raised Jesus from the dead? Uh, God did. Good. The triune God, Father, okay. Son, and Spirit. Yep, yep. Um, so did Jesus raise himself? Yes, and. Yes. Uh, the, uh, there's clear testimony that it was the Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead. God God the Father, the raised, Father the raised him from but, the dead. Yep. But Jesus conquered death, and he didn't conquer it passively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. What was the nature of Christ's resurrection body? We already talked about how he liked fish. Yeah. Um. Anything else to say about his resurrection body? Could he could he go through walls? Uh, I if he wanted to, I uh-huh. suppose he could. I, I'm not sure that the, the Bible actually says that he walked through a wall. It doesn't. But I was I I think I had kind of always assumed that. Yeah. Just the way that the story's told, how he just appears. Yeah. It's and, and startles the disciples, and and they were clearly behind locked doors for quite some time, even into the Book of Acts. Right. 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 Um, but then you have like uh, Peter. Uh, like in a jail, and he gets out of the jail, even though everything's mm-hmm. locked up. And the and and Luke doesn't say in Acts that he actually went through the wall. No, or went through. No, I think he found himself like led out by right. the angel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anything else about Christ's resurrection body that's interesting to think about? Um, just that that we'll have a body like his. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not exactly the same, but like his. I think the Bible is very clear about that. So Jesus is he's. He, he's the trailblazer, so to speak, mm-hmm. for us. He, mm-hmm. he's, he's the first fruits of the resurrection. And, and so, so our own resurrection body will be like his. Be like his before he ascended to the Father. I'm not sure about that. Okay. I, I don't know the answer to that. I don't either. Um, yeah. I, I think 
but I, 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 I'll, I'm speculating here, but I suspect that Jesus had, that that was his resurrection body, because we're told that he's going to return, mm-hmm. that, that, that the one who left at the ascension is the one who's going to return. He's mm-hmm. going re- to return like he left. Mm-hmm. So I take it there's going to be some continuity between this dude the disciples saw, you know, going Ascend. up into the clouds mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is the one who's going to return. Yeah. So... There's a number of points in the in the resurrection narratives where in the gospels where the disciples don't recognize Jesus at first. Yeah. Um, well, like in the new heavens and the new earth, when I see you walking down Southeast Salmon Street, because mm-hmm. <laughs> there'll be a Southeast Salmon Street. I don't know. <laughs> is, is is Portland going to make it into the new heavens and new earth? <laughs> I saw at at you know growing up, I thought it kind of was. Yeah. Oh, it was like uh, proleptic. No, that's yeah, not Portland what is. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, I like that. I like that. <laughs> I I, lo- I like that's Portland. actually my favorite theological word. Really? Yeah. yeah. Prolepsis. I, I'm yeah. I'm not exactly sure. I just used it correctly. No, I. Think but am you I did. am I gonna am I gonna recognize Todd Miles? Yeah. You think so? I think so. Okay. I I, I think the reason they didn't recognize Jesus is because Jesus was was playing with them. Yeah. He he closed their eyes, so to speak, mm-hmm. or I can't remember yeah. the exact term. Uh, well, it, and it took him opening their eyes to recognize it, at least the, that what that passage in yep. twenty four with the disciples mm-hmm. on the on the road to Emmaus. Mm-hmm. Or, well, they weren't on the road anymore, but yeah. Now I'm going to come back real quick yeah. to the continuity between uh, Christ's resurrection body, like right after he rose, and then he makes that comment to Mary Magdalene not to cling to him because he hasn't ascended to his Father yet. What yeah. was going on there? Uh, that's I, you know, every now and then Jesus says things that. I just don't get. I don't understand. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jesus will have a, a resurrection. Jesus has a resurrection body. I guess we should say that mm-hmm. that is uh, consistent with what God wants a human to do um, in the new heavens and the new earth. And so I take it that that is the same for us. Mm-hmm. That, that's so. I, I don't know that we'll have the ability to walk through walls unless imaging God requires us in the new heavens and new earth, the consummated state. To walk through walls. That's a good framework. At, at which point we'll be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been given a body here uh, in, in order to do the imaging of God that he wants us to do. And mm-hmm. in the new heavens and new earth, he'll give us a new body um, that, that will uh, enable us to do what he wants us to do there. Mm, good. I look forward to that. Amen. What if someone believes that Jesus simply rose from the dead spiritually in the hearts of the disciples, but not bodily? Is that sufficient to be Christian? Uh, not in any historical, orthodox, biblical, recognizable sense. Um, it, that's just. You, please stop calling yourself a Christian if, if if that's what a person believes. What if yeah. someone who believed that that mm-hmm. it was just a spiritual resurrection, not a bodily resurrection, said in response, "Well, quit be reading your Bibles so literally. They weren't meant to be read like that. They're they're meant to, they're meant to inspire us." Yeah. How would you answer that? I uh, have have fun making your own religion. I guess mm. uh, you know. I, I mentioned earlier that the word resurrection is like literally means of someone who was dead now is physically materially alive again. That that's what it means. Now that doesn't mean that the Greeks believed in a resurrection or the, the, the Greco-Romans believed it, but they had a term anastasis to describe it. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean. I mean, we have a term for term for unicorns, right? That mm-hmm. that doesn't mean I believe in unicorns, but mm-hmm. but I know what we're talking about. It, a unicorn means something, right? Right. Well, in the same way, that Greek word resurrection it means something. What does it mean in Revelation twenty? 
I'm just kidding. I'm yeah, not with, go there right with, now. with the first resurrection. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think it means there's people going to get up from the dead. Yeah, amen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, no, that's helpful. What about, let's just talk about the significance of the resurrection because now, because this is actually what uh, spurred this this podcast, other than just celebrating Easter yeah. this last Sunday. Um, Kevin Klein uh, had, he, he actually submitted this question. He said, can you talk, please talk about the significance of the resurrection. He had some questions. Mm-hmm. I remember actually, um, uh, I remember I was in seventh grade Bible class with, uh, at the Christian school I went to in Anoka, Minnesota. And the Bible teacher had a great idea, submit any question about mm-hmm. Christianity, about the Bible that you have. And my question, I remember my question because I was really mad that as I saw her going through the little pieces of paper and she skipped, she like read everybody's question in the class but mine. Out loud? Out loud. Yours was the only one. Yeah. Now she wasn't attaching names to him, but I kept okay. on waiting for mine, which is why did Jesus have to get up from the dead? Like, ah. it wouldn't have it been, I mean, we we die and and go go to go to heaven yeah i assume that's what mm-hmm. happens with us as you know but why was it seemed like to me as a seventh grader and i think even you know as we think about this like it seemed like you know god was just kind of showing off mm. or, or something yeah. so what would you say is the significance that's a long-winded way of asking what is the significance of the resurrection uh for us as christians yeah lots of things maybe everything Maybe everything, right? Mm-hmm. As I said before, there's no such thing as a Christian who doesn't believe Jesus got up from the dead. I mean, by, by Paul's own criteria, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart God raised him from the dead. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 says that if, if Jesus didn't get up from the dead, then he's basically still paying for sin. And if he's st- because he's still a moldering in the grave, right? Mm-hmm. Um, still paying that penalty. And if he's still paying it, then that penalty's not been paid which means that, that we're in some pretty deep kimchi at that point. Can you say the, not the kimchi part again, although yeah. I like that, but uh, the scripture reference that you just cited there? First uh, Corinthians 15. Yep. Uh, is, th- that's probably the, the one-stop shopping place for resurrection. If you've only got time to go to one resurrection passage, First Corinthians 15 is the best. I remember Mark Dever, uh, when I was at Capitol Hill Baptist, we, we all had a chance on staff to preach, if we could preach one sermon, um, only one sermon on one text, what would you choose? And Mark Dever chose 1 Corinthians 15. Really? Yeah. Anyways, just that's a fun oh, fact. Well, yeah, probably. Well, it's such a long... Yeah, he's cheating, though, because it's like, what, 58 verses long yeah, or something? Yeah, that's so Mark Dever. <laughs> yeah. 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 He probably did it in like 10 minutes, too. So. <laughs> sure. I've never heard him give a 10-minute message. Uh, you're, uh, that's true. But we were yeah. talking about just the the, oh, the importance. The importance. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so our own resurrection... Mm-hmm. It, it it requires Jesus to get up from the dead. Mm-hmm. Um, because as humans, we're supposed to be embodied, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so us dying and our spirits going up to be with God, that's that's not human. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that that would be us becoming someone else. Mm-hmm. but but the promise of of the gospel is is that God intends to save us, all of us, mm-hmm. all of us, mm-hmm. right? And so when Jesus gets up from the dead, that ensures our resurrection. Now, I suppose in theory, he could have done something else, but then he wouldn't have been saving humans. He would have been saving some, some part of a human. But in biblical theology, you can't be part human, right? Yeah. You're, and, and, and the body is really important. We're supposed to be embodied uh, as image bearers. Um, so... 
Do I mean by that that, that our body is part of, the, of Imago Dei? Yeah, I, I actually do think so. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that God has a body, but for us to image him, he gave us a body. This is what we have. This is who we are. It's essential to who we are. Now, we'll be separated from the body for a period, assuming we're not around when Jesus returns. Um, we'll be separated for a while, but that's weird and awkward. Uh, like in, in 2 Corinthians 5, um, you know, there's a discomfort uh, that Paul expresses, an awkwardness to disembodied humanity. It's like, you know, a Puritan in a nudist colony or something, right? And he talks, he talks about us being unclothed or yeah. or whatever. I, I and it's know. hard to know what that, do you, do you know what that will even mean? Like, uh, do, you, do you subscribe to, um, uh, is it Anthony Hokama and his book, we just read it, a group of us just read this. He said a psychosomatic unity, and yeah. he says we shouldn't separate body, spirit, soul, or even a bifurcation of our anthropology, but then it's hard to think about at that point at which we die. Mm-hmm. What you're just the, the what what the discomfort that Paul feels in you said Second Corinthians five. I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. He talks but, about us being unclothed. Yeah. It's it's it's. it's so like our soul, because we know that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Yeah. But that's what happens when we die. But we're not exactly, we don't, I've always struggled with what does that, what does that mean? Like, is your spirit, is your soul, is some part of your consciousness with Christ then? Yes, yeah, something that, that is authentically us, but, but not fully, completely authentically us. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know what that will be like. We'll find out. Uh, other than it's it's awkward because because mm-hmm. we're meant to be embodied. Mm-hmm. We're meant to be embodied, mm-hmm. and so, um, and and so for the resurrection, Jesus gets up from the dead. Then 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 all of the things that we go through in our embodied experience they they matter and and they matter to God. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the things that attend us as humans, God redeemed in Christ. Um, so I, I think that has huge application, um, yeah. that, that, that what we do in our bodies matters. It mm. really matters to God. The body that we have matters. We take care of it. Uh, we offer it to God in sacrifice. We, we might even be asked by the Lord to sacrifice our bodies, like in terms of death, for Him. Mm. He has the right to ask that of us, um, and, and, and what a great sacrifice that would be, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Body shame, things like that. That Christ in the resurrection, he he rises from the dead. He 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 ought to be taking that away from from us because uh, these bodies that we have matter. Mm. Um, uh, it, Jesus as our as our great high priest is is authentically fully human mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. Uh, always always has been, but but now in the sense he's he's alive and embodied. And, and now he sits at the right hand of God the Father, uh, interceding for us, um, uh, praying for us, uh, acting like any priest would at that point, and he does so as an embodied human. Yeah. Um, so... How is he breathing in heaven? Yeah. Is I don't he know. taking in... I mean the atmosphere, or <laughs> yeah, wherever that is. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't know the answer. Yeah. to that. I don't know. Is uh, there, a, is there? A, um, I know you use the superheroes uh, to represent uh, Christological heresies, yeah. but is there a superhero that uh, has any sort of analogy to the resurrected Jesus? Oh, well, um, I don't know my superheroes as well yeah. as you do. 
every quality superhero has a resurrection story. Oh, uh, yeah. If for, for two reasons. One, every comic book, like Marvel and DC especially, they, they like to reset mm-hmm. their people. And so mm-hmm. there's that's kind of a, a trick resurrection. Yeah. But a lot of the great superheroes have a resurrection story. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe there's something in that. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that says the best stories involve the greatest heroes conquering death. Right. And so right. Y- you could, you know, Superman certainly has a number of resurrection stories. And, yeah. Or Neo in the Matrix. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, so what is the basis of our hope? Uh, is it more the cross or more the resurrection? Uh, I, I think that is a distinction without a difference in the way in which you asked it. And I'm not criticizing the way that you asked it. Yep. Uh, when when the scriptures speak of the cross, I want to preach Christ crucified, Paul says, he's, he's not just saying... Um, I'm going to get to John 19 right. and stop, or, right. or John 20, I guess, and stop. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Right? Or, um, he, when, when he says, I'm, I'm going to know nothing but Christ and him crucified, he, he's, that's like shorthand for the, that whole passion narrative of the death and resurrection of Jesus. That's right. That's yeah. right. So, and that really struck me a few years ago. I was preaching through the sermons that the apostles were giving in Acts and how central to every every message that we see from from Peter, from Paul, from the apostles is the the death and the resurrection. Mm-hmm. That's like mm-hmm. their their home run conclusion yeah. at the at the end of their sermon as they do their biblical theology from the Old Testament. Yeah. So, um, and that's why we ahead. gather on Sundays. Amen. Well, that's where uh, you, you you read my Sorry. mind. No, this is the this is the conclusion. How can we continue to rejoice and remember the resurrection and look forward to our resurrection? What are some just practical ways? Yeah, gather bodily with God's people on Amen. Sundays. Hey, that'll preach <laughs> uh, post, you know, well, we COVID, say post-COVID, yeah. but, you know, whenever you know what that I mean. is, if yeah. that is a thing. Yeah, yeah. gather bodily yeah. Uh, on Sundays. We, 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 I used to so get are you in, saying Zoom is satanic? Uh, I'm, I'm beginning to feel more and more that that <laughs> this is This is a podcast, <laughs> so people are listening to our voices and not here with us. So it'd be great if the yeah. church was all with us, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I, 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 Zoom fatigue is a real thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, Feel it. It's great that we could do what we've done, mm-hmm. but but the, we are humans. We're embodied. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, there's a theology of presence that I think, even though none of us have ever studied and written out ourselves, we're beginning to think is a real thing. Yeah. Right now, I mean, I'm I'm pretty much an introvert, um, and even I'm like tired of just being by myself. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, so I was going to say, I, I used to get in big de- theological debates when I was a little kid o- o- with my Seventh-day Adventist neighbor over, um, what day was the Sabbath. And, 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 he, and of course he was arguing for Saturday and he right. was totally right. <laughs> he was completely right. Uh, the church gathers on Sunday, not because it's the Sabbath. It's not, it's not the Jewish Sabbath. We gather on Sunday in, in celebration of the resurrection, the first day of the week when Jesus got up from the dead. Yeah. So important is the resurrection that we mark it on our liturgical calendar 52 times a year. Yeah, right. that's great. Um, and, and I know Michael doesn't really like the liturgical calendar, but he likes that part of it, right? I that, do that, too. Yeah. And that's another kind of apologetic reason. I mean, how do you get this? Uh, this, you know thousands of year old religion you get such a large you know segment who oh, yeah. to switch their 
their their day on a dime on a dime yeah, yeah. from yeah. from saturday to yeah. sunday yeah so it would powerful. take i think it would take someone getting up from the dead to <laughs> to change religious traditions touche right yes todd this has been great i've enjoyed this conversation trust it will be helpful thank you for joining us it was fun 